0: I wore his Pedal Python shirt to the um, interview. Oh, that's him?
1: Yeah. Lead yeah, singer? Owns,
0: yeah. Kevin Wassmer owns Pedal Python. Oh, okay. I didn't, I,
1: can, I didn't know. I actually had never heard of Petal Python.
0: Oh, okay. So, pedal Python's fucking dope. It is a cable management system that is uh, like this mesh stuff. Oh, so it's pedals it as in
1: guitar pedals. Correct. Okay, you got put you.
0: Put all of your cables for your guitar pedals from your pedal board into the snake, and then they go from the snake to the outputs wherever they need to go. Beautiful. So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, just a better organization
1: type deal absolutely
0: yeah. yeah 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 he uh he is a uh, an independent what's the word he has the patent and all that shit right so, on yeah.
1: good for him yeah. man yeah
0: that's what i said
1: well maybe i'll so, keep that in there a little plug
0: oh no absolutely that's why i wore the shirt that's why i got yes see now i can just now now i can just relax yeah so i got I, yeah all
1: right here we go yes. all right what is up everybody welcome to the all punked up podcast got a special guest stopping by once again
0: it's bailey
1: it's that heard, bailey
0: tyler winters ran out of content so he calls <laughs> yeah. way back he goes let's go on the way back machine let's yeah. go like two years ago when it was just a couple kids hanging out and not now you blew up now you're too big for me uh you, you and john pierman y'all are too big for me well yeah so we, I, I get it
1: me and john were starting to drop two episodes a week and yeah you're right i'm running out of content so i have to come <laughs> ask, ask Bailey for help. No, but Hey, but yeah. real talk. This is a, yep. uh, a special one, man. Uh, we got invited to, you know, see simple plan out on the offsprings, let the good times roll tour and for Bailey to do some work. Really? That was the, what the invitation was well, for. The
0: most important part is that we got invited. Um, I have been, um, asked to leave several places. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I have, uh, hold on. I'm being extra. I'm not on camera very often. So I'm going to, I'm going to fix my light for my eyes because I, because I'm extra. Ooh, that's see. <laughs> see, I just got to turn it up. There it is. Cause, see, uh, we have uh, a baby on the way, so I don't sleep and uh, see, there we go. Just a little bit. Of that's better. We're that's good. Better. Yeah. See, not look like I'm in a cave. Get that um, but Yeah. We got, we got baby on the way. I don't sleep. No sleep for Bailey. No sleep. That was actually about us. I don't think y'all do that, but no sleep for babies but yeah, yeah. um we were <laughs> squirrel who's got add we were invited you do i have been well, <laughs> Sorry, I, go have, ahead. I have been um very excited about lots of events um i have not in, not been invited to lots of events uh we have spent the better part of our adult lives cutting our teeth so we could be invited to events and this was huge. Um, man, it's beautiful to be able to, to be a part of the machine instead of um, just a spectator because you almost... Well, I, I feel like I get to give back. Like, you have given me so much. I want to give something to you. And uh, that's how I feel my photography is now. So it's just amazing to be able to go under the all-punked-up name. It's by fans for fans. And now we get to talk to musicians and document what they do. And it's, it's just bonkers.
1: Yeah, it is really nuts. But uh, what Bailey's getting at, man, you know, we grew up listening to The Offspring, Some 41, Simple Plan, and they're out on tour right now on The Offspring's Let the Good Times Roll tour. And so their people reached out to us, said, asked if we would be interested in going out, Bailey's like, hell yeah, I'll go out, I'll take some pictures uh, of the bands. Uh, but while he was there, he got the chance to talk to, I mean, it's like such an awesome setting uh, for one. So if you're listening to this on the pod, make sure you go to YouTube and check out the video because it just, it's like a, I want to say it's like a nice casual sit down talk, but they're, they're standing the whole time, but it's outside. You can hear stuff in the background. It's just almost like you caught uh simple plan drummer, Chuck Como, and you just, ran into him and you just struck up a conversation. And I love that. It's just a genuine conversation. Uh, it's about, I think it was like 17, 18, 20 minutes or so. And it was just, it was just interesting. It was hearing his aspect. It was really
0: down to earth. He, super genuine and. He was self-aware. He knew the moment that he was in and they know the moment that they are in. And those are the things you talked about too, which is really cool man i had a brain fart during this uh interview and uh there are a couple things that didn't work uh tyler knows that when it comes to equipment i'm extra uh so i freaked out the entire time and i told tyler it was unusable and uh
1: yeah (laughs) so dude i was like how bad can it possibly be but you're like it's unusable and i i trust your judgment because you're a big audio guy too and you're big into equipment so i'm like geez, it's gotta be like terrible. I was like, just send it to me and let me check it out. Cause I'm confident enough. If it's decent, I can repair it. I can save it to some degree. It's not going to be like immaculate. Like if your equipment was working properly, but to the average listener, probably not going to notice much of a difference. So well, here's, I here's get, the but I get your audio. Oh, hell, and I'm like, here's... dude, it's fine. Well, you way say better that, than but... I thought way better oh. than I thought
0: okay so and i want to give everybody full disclosure behind the scenes um i have two Rode video go mics i absolutely love they're always my go-to and for some strange reason they updated the firmware the day before i left for the show and the Rode mics have always been phenomenal they're they were dummy proof every person that uses the road mics just goes goes nuts for them however we found out that when you update the firmware, it resets the factory settings. So in this interview, we're both wearing Rode mics, which would have had brilliant audio, much like the audio that we're, we're listening to right now. Also, I have a onboard mic, a tiny mic that's on a DJI vlogging camera. And then I'm wearing a lavalier. Both of these microphones are at least five feet away from this man. And I'd I'd set up everything that I needed to. I had this beautiful preview on my camera and this, that, and the other. Uh, And then for some reason, when it came time to shoot, the mics failed, which is sad because, again, I keep saying I cut my teeth uh, doing these. (laughs) I had every camera that you can imagine in my bag, every tripod. But I was just like, oh, no, this will be fine. And then five, four, three, two, one. Hey, are you ready to go? So the road mics didn't work. But even if we didn't get the interview... I'm proud of the conversation and I hope that that, uh, one, I want to use this interview to inspire people where if you can be a teenage dirtbag, but if you get your life together and you flip it around and you add value to the world, then you can interview the people that inspired you to be a better person. And two, even if all your equipment fails, we're still gonna find a way to get the job done. And
1: it's funny that you mentioned inspiration because I feel like that's the theme of this interview with chuck a lot of inspiration talk happening so yeah bailey i think we should just go ahead and get to that interview you ready
0: oh i'm just gonna tease it just a little bit more just okay, a little more. We'll just, no, no. <laughs> just, just kidding for a no wait
1: wait and here is the interview here it comes.
2: Yeah. yeah man it's um one of the most special thing you can do as an artist you know when you feel like you're your music is, is has an influence on some people's lives. It has an impact. You know, can really connect with people and help them make positive changes in their life, or inspire inspire them to try something maybe they're scared of. Inspire them to try something new or chase something a passion, a dream that they're after. Like we hear that a lot from people. Like, hey, you're the reason why I started playing drums, which is yeah, that's pretty basic, right? That they saw me play drums they want to play drums as well or you maybe want to be in a band which is awesome but then you get other people are like man I was in a tough situation and your song just helped me get out of it you know and and just kind of they gave me some empowerment to to be strong and to get through like a like a sickness an illness or or my parents dying whatever you see so many people telling us that like because of you like because of your song I was able to like chase this dream that I had and give me the courage and it's hard to imagine when you write a song when you start a band in your, in your parents' basement that you're gonna have that kind of impact. And sometimes I always wonder, do people really exaggerate? Do they really mean it when they say, like, oh man, this song like saved my life, literally. And you're like, you always wonder, like, okay, they're probably a little exaggerated. But when you hear it over and over again, it just kind of starts to sink in that music really has that kind of power on people. And it's not really like us per se. It's it's the art, it's the music, it's the feeling to get when you hear a song, when you go see a show. It's, uh, it's not really me because the way I play drums or whatever. It's more like the concept of, the, of, of, of music being powerful and being able to move people and make them overcome difficult things in their lives. You know? I'm feeling your passions are you of
0: interest, but what is the place... That you can get fulfillment and escape because you're an escape for so many other people, not you for Right, plan.
2: right. Well, that's a good question. I guess I'll answer your first question that you asked. Like, what else I would have done? I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be in, involved in sports. That was my favorite thing. I wanted to be a pro hockey player. That was my dream. Well, and from uh, Canada. So yeah, so Montreal, yes. Point so like Everybody, yeah. That's sort of the normal, like, that's what <laughs> yeah. people sort of dream about. That's sure. kind of like the, the cliche, maybe. But did every bit. hockey
0: player want to be a rock star?
2: That. Now that I've been uh, you know, uh, in a band and I had the chance to meet a lot of pro athletes, it's exactly that. Every pro athlete wants to be a rock star, every musician wants to be like a professional. I'm athlete, just
0: I'm not know? gonna get too close, but you have yeah. all your teeth, so we're doing well, yes, right? Good.
2: Yes, we I didn't play that long of hockey that where I uh, had any trouble with that. I still play now. But my point was sports was a really big thing and I realized uh, around thirteen years old that maybe it wasn't gonna happen for me and music just came in my life right then and i literally like i stopped playing hockey i stopped doing anything else i was doing tons of sport like tennis and ski and everything i just stopped everything and my dad told me it was crazy like from one day to the next you didn't completely stop and just focus on music that was my sole purpose that's all i wanted to do that was my sole focus and uh so i think if i would not have been in the band probably would have tried to find a way somehow to be involved in the music scene, you know, the music world and the industry somehow. Maybe like a manager, maybe an agent, maybe a lawyer for bands or, you know, uh, I, I just really wanted to be involved in not just playing music, but building like a band, like, you know, like building a, like a career. You know, how do you go from playing in your garage in your basement to like headlining stadiums or festivals or arenas or whatever? that kind of, that was really interesting to me. I think I would have tried to find a way to be involved somehow in that business, in that industry. I, I was a music journalist for a while, so I did interviews you know, with people, and that was really cool. But I think I would have wanted to be more on the other side of like being involved with the bands. And now, what where do I find escape and passion? I think it's funny, it kind of went full circle. It's in sports. So I really enjoy playing tennis again. I started playing golf. Uh, about 10 years ago when I'm very serious about it, I try to really get better. Um, that's really fun for me, I love reading. Um, I find mostly nonfiction stuff that helps me with the band, like get ideas and whatever, but I find that for me to learn about like people's lives and what they've done and the choices they've made and the, and their whatever strategy they use to achieve their dreams, that's really interesting to me. So I like that. And, uh, I think being at that, the other thing that I spend a lot of time doing right now is my son is eight so this has become a gigantic part of my life so being involved in that and getting better at that and um, doing it in the, the most um, um, like heartfelt and uh, enthusiastic way that I can is really the, my sort of purpose right now you know we are very um,
0: close in the sense of the ages of our children. And it's beautiful to be able to relate, but I think that there's another layer. Um, your art, as in, like the entity, right? The whole, the whole band, because I, I, everybody's important. They have to be. And I'm just so grateful that you're you're hanging out with me. My pleasure. Um, it's one of my goals for my son not to sing "Perfect" about me. Uh huh. Right. Have you thought about that?
2: Um, yeah, of course. It's interesting how it the song, you know. We wrote it and it's it's interesting because it's probably one of the most known songs that we've made and um, probably one of the most, I would say, powerful lyrics that we ever wrote in our career. And it's very simple, right? I'm sorry, I can't be perfect. And everybody can relate to that. And I thought it was... When we wrote it, we wrote it about trying to be in this band and trying to explain to our parents that, you know, it wasn't just a hobby for us. We really wanted to pursue this. It was important. Like, we had to... It wasn't just a little phase or something. And I think for them, coming from being like, you know, they all had like my mom, you know, did our, all all her PhD, and my dad was a lawyer. So for them, it was very important that we went to college and we graduated and all that. And uh, I, I was enrolled in law school. I was going to law school when we we formed. Well, when we formed this band, and uh, I dropped out to to focus on the band. And I remember this conversation where the song came from was like trying to explain to them like. I know you think that's crazy and you think that I'm making a big mistake but law school will always be there if I want to go back and but this chance right now this dream that I have in five years it might not be possible anymore I have to give it a shot so they were extremely supportive of the band like we've been practicing in my basement for 10 years you know with the music blaring and like uh, they've given us money to make demos and they drove us to shows and so they were not like the kind of parent that perfect is really about, you know, like um, I think we made the song a bit more dramatic, but the spark, the inspiration came from one kind of a fight one day where I was explaining to them like, hey, I'm going to do this. I, I don't care if you agree or not. I need to do this. And I just left and I went outside and wrote some lyrics in the notebook. And I remember showing it to Pierre and we came up with the chorus and the song together and we wrote the whole story. And I think we might have exaggerated a little bit how their reaction how bad their reaction was but we wanted to make it more universal like it could apply to any one situation and, and we knew that we had tapped into something that was um, that was quite profound you know like everybody I don't, I don't think we realized it perfectly at the time how much it would resonate with people but we knew there was something there to that subject right because everybody wants to their parents to be proud of them right it's kind of like the one thing that you want to do in your life you know and uh, it's interesting yeah. thinking back about it now that I've become a dad and having, a you know, my son. Like, yeah, I certainly yeah. don't want him to feel like the person in that song felt. But at the same time, I would say that for me, like, if I can be half the parent that my dad has been to me and my mom has been to me, I think I'll succeed because they've been incredible. So I feel like it's... I feel bad in the way that we wrote that song because I truly feel they were very supportive people but when you're 19 or 18 or 15 you see things very black and white and very grammatically and but i'm very grateful that we wrote it and it's actually my dad's favorite song you know that's so, that's brilliant
0: yeah. that's and i never do tons of of prep of brand new things um when i speak to artists like like you because to me um i'm inspired by by the arc Right. And I would hate to pull something, because um, we live in a world of disinformation, so I just get it all from here. Right, right. And um, I'm sorry if you've told that story a hundred times. No, it's all good. Um, And the story itself, I understand that it's not completely autobiographical. Right. But it does resonate with so many other people, and... Um, I hate to, to be cheesy, but it is a perfect song in perfect. the sense that it can reach that many people. And I think we were very fortunate to live in a bubble at that time where Blink-182, Stay Together for the Kids, was uh, popping just that time as well. Right. And um, it's a, uh, another uh, thing that you mentioned, which has come full circle right now, is Phase. And we are living right now, and, and your art and these artists are the perfect... Uh, I'm sorry, I have to stop using that word, but they are uh, an amazing representation of it. It's not a phase. Right. It's a it's a lifestyle because I was here in 2002, 2003, just right. ringing wet, screaming the exact same songs that I'm going to do right. in that about makes, an hour. Yeah. I, I feel that your art, uh, the, the team's art, rather, with Perfect and uh, the Stay Together for the Kids, it was... Um, there was um, a mental health awareness. Was that something that was shared in your home? Because yeah. I feel that that opened so many doors right. to it's okay to not be okay. Right. Sure. There was a time where there was a generation where, oh, I'm sad. Well, then you're a sissy and you right. just sit there and you just disregard all those feelings. Yeah. And some of those people died of heart attacks because they, they kept right. everything right. in and bubbled and just. But now it's, hey, it's all right. Right. Now I get to have that conversation with other people like, how's your day? How are right. you doing? If you're not well, let's talk about it. Sure. Instead of um, having to hit play on a on a track to feel a little better, um, almost communicating with the artist and the artist communicating with you, now we get to talk to the people that care about us. Right. Were you ever conscious of that? Um, I think, I mean, I,
2: I don't know. I want to theorize here and say that this is why society has a different perspective of of mental health but I think this scene like not just our band but all these bands you mentioned and the emo scene as well really um, at first a lot of people were kind of making fun of the lyrics saying oh it's you know everybody's crying and everything but I think that it did have a big cultural impact on especially on on our generation and the people that were like in high school when these records came out and I feel like maybe it normalized a lot of of guys especially being able to kind of uh, express how they felt instead of always trying to repress it, you know? So I think the music maybe, in a way, entered into pop culture and made people give permission to people to be a bit more um, open about how they felt and made them realize that they were not the only people. You know, obviously, music has always done that, but this scene was very sort of known... We for,
0: have mental health days now. Doing I'm not that. trying to kick you off, so, but we have... Yeah. Yes, like, there was not a well, mental health day when I was going right. to well, there's school.
2: There's been an, a, a a big social evolution yeah. that topic, and I wonder sometimes if the this music scene, these songs, maybe help this new generation to be more mindful of how they felt and how their peers felt and their families or, you know, whatever these issues were. I think it made it... Uh, I'm not going to say it made it cool, because it's not about being cool or not. It made it just more normalized, acceptable. You know, more like... Um, it made it like it was... Like you said, it was okay.
0: When Perfect hits Top 40 Radio and Jimmy Kimmel and K-Rock, right. people are going to start to talk. That's and I mean. again, I'm not saying it's the sure. only entity, but it's beautiful to have that because now we get to have those conversations. So right. I just... I um. I never know what artists think when they write things, and um, something comes, some things come from passion and some things come from anger, but it's beautiful that this made a positive change. Yeah. Um,
2: well, I know, like, the, the one thing I'll say, that I don't think at the time we really understood or realized that the song would be as important as it was in our career and for our fans. Like, But I remember the first time that we started to have, like, that intuition, we were playing show I remember I think it was in Burlington, Vermont, and it was the one the first time we played that song live. And I remember seeing a few, like I mean that was before we had sold any records. The the record was out but not selling yet and being a bit under the radar. I remember having there was three or four girls that were in the front row that had drove from Montreal or hometown. They were like early, early fans. And when we played that song they started to cry. And I remember watching that from where I was playing and going like okay, there's something to that song. We've tapped into something special. And nowadays it, it has become such a core part of our shows and our band, who we are as a band, that we always close every show with that song. And it would be crazy, no pun intended, to not play that song, you know, on a headliner show. Like it has become like a signature song. And I, I think it has really helped a lot of people over the years, like we've gotten so many letters, so many comments on social media, so many people in person coming up to us and saying like, if I didn't have that song, I don't think I would be here today. And a lot of people would tell us like, you know, my dad was dying his last year and this is how we were able to reconnect because of that song, I played it to him and he understood how I felt and all that. So yeah, it's been, uh, I, I love the legacy of the song. I'm really proud of it. And uh, I think it's a gift when you're able to write something that you're that feels personal to you but also connects to a whole bunch of people around the world so yeah, we're lucky to have that song my next question is about legacy your
0: arts and your team members of this band it's a legacy band um, where do you go from here I mean what wasn't that a goal sure and <laughs> now yes, but 100%. so now that you've broken through that ceiling where, where do you go from here
2: think i think we still have lots of aspiration and dreams for the band i think that it's pretty cool that i feel we have entered a phase where if we want to keep playing for another 20 years people will be there and will show up and we've entered that sort of that era of the band where it's like it's not in danger of just not existing anymore or not having fans showing up to shows like i mean but the goal now is like okay can we can we take it to a whole different level can we keep reaching new people can we make new fans from the new generation like, you know make people that are you know 12 or 15 now or even 9 10 years old can they become fans can we become you know almost like it's pretty crazy to think of ourselves as a classic rock band but i feel in a way like some of these bands of our era and a bit before like we're entering that phase where you become like you know classic so
0: bowling for soup wrote 1985 right yeah. in 2005 right where are we now
2: it's true 2024 so it's 20 years later right yeah it's kind of exactly so you that.
0: have not not the art has become that classic rock status not right. the classic rock it's sound kind of a,
2: a very weird thing to wrap your head around when you're in it you know because it doesn't feel to me it feels like yesterday that we put out our first record but at the same time it is it's been more than 20 years as a band and I think that when you reach these kind of uh, like this kind of uh like longevity I think it gives you a chance to in a way like uh, take the band even higher and reach more people like well, that's always been our goal since day one it was to reach people it was to play in front of as many people as we could and it was to have people hear our songs and that's still the goal today now you know we do it via different channels like it's on our we're on our TikTok and our Instagram and we try to show people that and that maybe never heard of us hey check this out here we are this is what we do this is this is the the last 20 years of our band and so i think we're very proud of our past but at the same time we're very excited about the present and the future and what's next and the new music we're making and and we're proud of the old music so it's kind of like a really great position to be in right now as a band and i feel like in a way we're getting bigger every day so it's kind of fun
0: as a photographer i want to give a shout out to your tour photographer because they are telling an absolutely phenomenal story yeah we're very Um, lucky
2: we have some very talented girls with us
0: we are in the midwest it is a sunday vip is sold out and indiana has nothing less than stellar images of a sea of people and that's not easy to do in an amphitheater. Yeah. So again, it's on a Sunday in the Midwest at the end of summer. Yeah. Schools at schools not in, people have places to go, right. but they choose they still choose to enjoy your art. Thank you so much for hanging out with My me. My
2: pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you.